or one of us. Your passion is the world of mountain biking, from enduro to gravel races and everything in between. This is Insider MTB, the podcast that takes you behind the handlebars, into the dirt, and behind the scenes of the mountain biking world. And now your host, Austin White. All right, you guys, welcome to the Insider MTB podcast. Today I'm joined with Jamesy co-host spencer co-host and then with our man of the evening rob from the bme series so um yes sir how you guys all doing oh i'm cool, peachy yeah. keen we're good yeah <laughs> yeah no one let's not let's yet. not have any we're of just, those like silent breaks yeah. yeah we're just trying yeah. to figure out this whole thing yeah we're learning if, if james he's good i'm solid like i'm yeah we're ready to go yeah. right spencer oh i'm fired up we got cool. everyone in here, and I have no no idea what I'm doing. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, we have good. no idea. Just dragged him into this one. Sweet, you guys. Um, Insider right. MTV. Yeah, um, we're totally rookies. We have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Um, but basically, we're gonna interview some stuff and ask some questions. Um, so Rob, you know, basically, what is it? A year and a half ago, you took over the BME series, but you were doing race directing at the series before that. Um, kind of take us into just a little bit, just a little bit of a brief history of, uh, why you wanted to buy BME and then kind of a little bit of the vision <laughs> of that type of stuff. Oh man, that's, those are two totally separate questions there, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, um, Brandon reached out. It was in the, uh, I guess 21 series at Brian head here for the BME and then asked if I wanted to, uh, be the event director for 22. Uh, Sorry, after- real quick, you got to Go tell people who Brandon is. Brandon Ontenervos, he was the prior owner of BME, uh, and actually prior to him, it was Yeti Cycles that owned it. So um, Brandon was the current owner at the time in 21, and then started talking with him, and he asked me uh, if I'd be interested. Took quite a bit of negotiating, to be honest, to want to do it, because it's a big commitment, and I I don't want to do it if it's not going to be right. And then, uh, needless to say, we ran 22, and then... By the tail end of 22, we were in negotiations for purchase for 23, and then this 24 season is going to be the first year with what I'm kind of calling us having the full reins to it. It's our own complete touch to everything. Like a lot of the venues and locations and all that was predetermined for us for the 23 season. So, um, yeah, this is the first year we get to actually uh, mix it up, do what we want, and and spice up the rule book. So, give us a little bit, and maybe for people who don't know, kind of who you are a little bit with the youth enduro series and then kind of running some series before that and before in California. Yeah, I've been putting on races. Uh, first one I did, I was actually like 18 years old for a, a club team. That was our big fundraiser for the year. And, um, I don't know how they roped me into it, but, uh, all the old guys on the team were like, you go ahead and do it. So, uh, we did it out there at Vail Lake in California and, uh, it was a riot. It was a cross country and we had a super D, um, back then. And then, uh, yeah, we've been doing a ton since there. I did a bunch in the Riverside County area. And then we moved down to San Diego, did them at like Balboa park, Sycamore Canyon, all these places that hadn't had races in probably 20 plus years. Um, started doing some with Eric Carter and, uh, that was awesome. We did some calendaros, 
all sorts of cool stuff. Eventually uh, moved the homestead out here to Utah and then kind of fired up Youth Enduro and the rest is history. So nice. what is um, what is Youth Enduro? Can you give me a rundown on that? Youth Enduro is awesome. It's kind of a non-sanctioned uh, outlet for the kids to go and ride their bikes. Um, kind of the way I paraphrase it in the shop is it's the outlet for the kids who don't want to strap on spandex and go do 20, 30 mile rides every single day, right? Like most kids are out riding their bikes or at dirt jumps or at the skate park. They're doing something like that. They're trying to to progress as athletes. And let's be honest, their role models are kind of the rampage guys, DJ Brandt, Cam Zinc, you know, the straights, whoever. And we wanted to give them a more progressive outlet than that without all the rules and restrictions. And, uh, the kids have really taken to it. It's been awesome. And we have such a following out here. It's the, the youth enduro has really just taken off. And especially since joining it with the big mountain enduro now, it's, it's, uh, it's really taken flight. It's cool to see. So like, what are the ages of our youth enduro athletes? For the most part, it's eight to 18. I've actually, believe it or not, had some kids in there that are younger than that. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing. So we have like, we put them in the last class, we go reverse age group. So the faster age groups go first, like advanced boys and advanced girls. <clears throat> then we go backwards in age group to the kids. And then we actually have like a mom support class and a dad support class. And generally a mom or dad will kind of follow them down and course sweep with them. And, um, it's cool. I mean, it's when it's funny because people, when I talk to them about youth enduro, they always kind of think it's like striders and tricycles out there. But I think the four of us at least know these kids rip. I mean, even the eight and 10 year olds, like these are on full suspension, common saws, Kona's, whatever it is. And, uh, they're sending it, they're sending it big. So it's, it's super cool to see them. And I tell you what, these kids are always finding fast lines and, um, putting them in with the BME now, it's, it's cool to see some of the teams kind of take an interest in those kids. And it's, it's truly where the future of the sport's going to come out of. Cause and it's so, kind of like oh. some of those top, sorry about that, James, but some of those top guys also can race Sunday, right? Like those guys are hitting like if you've done good, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we have some that have been progressing through and actually now it's cool. Um, a couple of them aged out of the youth enduro this last year, and they're going to be going into the BME full time. Um, one of our kids, he won the advanced boys, uh, 15 to 18, and he's now going to be racing semi-pro this year in the BME. So, um, it's super cool to see the progression and even the, the women's fields have been growing every single year. And we have a gal that she's about to age out. Uh, this will be her last year in youth and Earl, but last year she did exactly what you said. She did the BME add on, um, and was just racing the Sunday stages, the full BME stages. She just wanted to see if she could do it. She didn't know, you know, if her body could handle it or, or what kind of toll it was going to take on her. And man, it, it's impressive to see these kids. They, they travel so far and they put so much time, energy, dedication into this. And then they're just like, Hey, I want to try Sundays being, I mean, we all know BME stages don't slouch. So these, these kids are getting after it. It's, it's really cool to see the future of the sport is so healthy right now. I guess Spencer, that was going to be one of my questions. Oh, sorry. I am talking no. over everybody, but get used to it. Don't even sweat it, James. You hit that um, shit. You got it. Well, no, I guess one of my questions was going to be about, I was curious about the, how many girls are in those classes, but we'll get into that. But then also with regards to the tracks that you have the youth enduro on, they are on different tracks than the BME stages, correct? Yeah. So like when we're, when we're doing it, a conjunction with the BME, like at Arizona, Brian head, uh, typically when the BMEers are out on the backcountry on Saturday, we have the kids on in the park and we're running them down. <clears throat> for example, here at Brian head, we're running them down wildflower. 
which is their double black trail. And now I don't put them down the, the super gnarly waterfall section that we've seen in the videos, but, um, I pretty much everything, but that, and these kids, it's just amazing. Like they'll get mad at me and they come up to me and they're pretty frustrated if I don't put the big jumps or the big techie sections in there. And, uh, it's, it's cool to see. And, um, some of the parents response has been overwhelming. Like I was really nervous when I put them down wildflower the first time two years ago. And some of the parents came up, they're like, this is so awesome. Like we marked it up, slow down, steep ahead. And it gave the kids the ability to push their limits. And they're like, well, I'm not going to ride it. I'm going to get off and run it for the race. And then believe it or not, they come over and they're racing it. You know, I mean, they actually rode it during the race run. So it gives them plenty of time to practice it. And then uh, especially on the BME stage, like during practice days to see the pros go through there and how they're handling it. And then they get to rub shoulders, like in reference to the girls that you're talking about, like I see them talking to Portia and Leah and, and all these. And it's so cool that, uh, they take the time to foster the kids, but they also work with them. And, and that to me is kind of what we've really wanted to see happen with youth enduro. And now that we have big, big mountain enduro, seeing it all come together is just the coolest thing that, that I could imagine coming out of all this. Yeah, that's pretty sick. I like grew up, well, I didn't grow up racing or riding, riding bicycles at all, but, but starting, I started when I started riding and racing mountain bikes, I started thanks to the Nike league and, and they gave me and gave me a great platform that taught me a lot and everything, but kind of to what you're talking about, I didn't necessarily gravitate towards the XC thing. That's just where I kind of got thrown into and, and I would have loved to have something uh, a little more gravity focused that was related to school on a on a social level and and just a way to get out and ride my bike um but then also having the ability to go for the better kids to go to the bme on sunday and like you said rub shoulders with with the with the pros and stuff i mean dude the the options are are pretty limitless and i think that you guys will do a pretty good job as this continues to grow and in fostering like really talented riders because the more that they're riding these technical trails, the more they're getting used to racing. I mean, it's only a matter of time till, till, uh, they're in that pro seat and, and smoking everyone else. So I'm, I'm just sitting back kind of learning here. Um, cause I haven't met Rob here before and yeah, I'm just learning. <laughs> but it here, is so, true. So it is true sharing. though about that. The Nike thing though. I mean like really like what you were pushed into XC because that's kind of the only option. Right. And, and look at you're you're an enduro rider, so I almost kind of question like what would a program like this would have been for you at that age, and maybe you you could have excelled in a different area quicker than you did yeah. right now. I mean, you're badass on enduro as it is. I'm not saying that, but the fact that no, like for sure. maybe like, it could have put you at a lot younger age, right? Yeah, that's you're, literally you're, been my my thought that's, this whole time. That's what everybody's saying. And that's, what's so cool about it with the, with the Nike stuff. And, and they're doing a tremendous job, right? Like how many people across the country do they get on bikes and just get them exposed to it that wouldn't have been exposed to stuff otherwise. Um, and that's why intentionally with youth enduro, we run an opposite season as the Nike league out here in Utah. Cause Utah Nike has something over 6,000 kids in the program. It's insane. They have like six leagues. They divided it into, um, which is really cool, but we intentionally run. And it's kind of funny because some of the kids come up, man, my mom and dad, they want me to ride Nike, but I don't, I just want to ride dirt jumps and all this. And I'm like, but you know what? Like the Nike gives you such a good base level of fitness that helps you in enduro. Like enduro to me is the ultimate athlete, like in the mountain bike or in the cycling world, because you have to have so many skill sets and so much fitness. You can't just 
um, go out and do road rides. You know what I mean? Like you're in the gym, yeah. you're doing mountain bike rides. You're kind of that mix of the cross country, the DH and everything. Uh, it's, it's truly amazing. And these kids are putting in the effort and it, it really shows and it's cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, I say the same thing. Like that was my background as I started off racing cross country. Cause that's all there was. Yep. I just liked riding bikes. And so it was cross country. And then you kind of get into then super D popped up, which was the predecessor to, um, enduro. And I yeah. actually took really well to that. And it was kind of that I wasn't fast enough XC. I didn't put in the, the, the hours that everybody else did kind of thing, but, um, I wasn't enough of a downhill guy. So it was kind of that halfway mix in between. And that's what I really enjoyed. And, and it's so cool to see that something like enduro has come out of all this and, and to provide that for, for everybody now is really cool. Yeah, that's that's sick. And to be totally honest, like not talking a bunch of crap on Nika, just because, like I said, it's it's given me this life. But there was there were rules, there were rules to yeah. keep two wheels on the ground at all time. And like, yeah, I was. And the courses are pretty easy for that. them, right? Like they have to keep them easy to to serve everyone, right? <clears throat> they're yeah, they're super mellow, which is fine. That's that's great. I, you, they're still you're still able to progress your your skill levels. But I was jumping things, and I was getting talked to by some people like hey man what are you doing we can't we're here we're here you're pulling up and jumping this thing in the back section like two wheels on the ground and i'm like dude this just again it provided me with so much but like yeah i i needed where 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 was your enduro series when i was getting into bikes (laughs) man we've been trying (laughs) (laughs) thank you thanks for the future generation (laughs) yeah i mean it seems like uh i mean i Go, go, James. You tell me what you got. Oh, no, no. I was just, I was bored of talking about Nike and shit. So I was like, hey, let's talk a little bit oh, about the BME. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I, maybe I could well, do that right. in a more professional no, transition. <laughs> no, I'm just ADHD kicked in. Well, no, I, um, right, be- right before we started recording, uh, Rob sent this group the new enduro, in the new rule book for the Big Mountain Enduro. So running through that right now. So I was like, man, there's a couple of things there pretty interesting so should we can we get jumped into that austin boss man yeah, i mean totally maybe a little backup just saying like uh now you guys have launched uh the big mountain and or downhill big mountain downhill series which oh is yeah yeah oh i want to so, yeah let's talk about that yeah maybe before we dump you know jump into this one yeah um yeah so talk about that obviously look like Going to Europe is very cost costly for the American athletes and we do have a lot of top of American athletes have gone and done that you guys are building a full series here in America that the top athletes hopefully in the future can just stay in America and the Euros are coming over here and and instead of us going over there and not knowing the courses and getting our ass kicked to or whatever it is, you know, they're coming over here and they're going to have to face us on maybe level playing field. Maybe they get a little taste of it, what it's like, um, kind of talk a little bit uh, encompassing and having the downhill series now. Yeah, we're, we're beyond excited about the DH series. It's, it's been cool. Um, we were kind of fostering a couple different ideas all year last year, and then it kind of came down to the end of the year and kind of seeing what the riders wanted and what the sponsors wanted. And so we, we did put out a survey and I think it was back in September, um, to the riders kind of like, what other riding do you do outside of Enduro? Like what bike do you have and, and what would you be interested in? Um, and honestly, I was a little bit surprised by the response. I, I shouldn't have been, I guess it's enduro guys, right? Like they grabbed their, their DH bikes, but, um, they wanted DH. And then once I started talking to the sponsors, um, about that's what we're planning to do, which really quiet. We're keeping it under the lid right now. We're just trying to get all the pieces worked out and the venues worked out. 
um, man, I was blown away by the response. They were just overwhelmingly excited. And it was exactly to what you just said. It was about providing a national event that everybody can follow that now offers multiple formats of racing that can get our, our California or the American riders, um, a good outlet to go ride. Cause it, I, I don't want to say it's, it's an unfair advantage, but to an extent it kind of is to go travel to Europe because these guys, I mean, look back, I mean, look at what Gwen has had to do in order to, to win world cups. Look at what Armstrong's had to do. Look what these top riders have, they live over there six, eight months a year. Um, they have to fully adapt. And it's like, I, I was on a different show talking about some stuff and I'm like, man, even from your cell phone chargers, it's not the same charging port when you're over in Europe, you know, let alone your diet, your sleep, where to go to get your bike worked on. Like you just don't have the resources that we have here in America. And, um, so yeah, we're excited to bring it here and, and throw some, some purses at it. And, uh, hopefully we can attract some of the Europeans over here and, um, maybe level out the playing field a little bit. They're, they're used to us coming to their backyard and maybe now they come to our backyard. So we're looking at, you've got six rounds for the BME and then it's four stops are going to be, there's going to be downhill category at four stops. Correct. BMD? Yeah. So <laughs> BMDH. <laughs> BMDH, right on. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're not, you're not doing mountain ebos downhill? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can, but but no we'll, we'll we'll kick it off with with the rock the wind rock so the wind rock be, yeah. yeah one hell of a place to kick that off <laughs> right yeah okay, um, okay. and then so sorry just it, i'm just learning about this now and just researching this but <laughs> we're kind of looking at you, will you still be running so you're running enduro on both the saturday and sunday and then oh did you guys see that did you see those balloons yeah, I have no idea why your camera. I have genuinely no idea how to make I... any of this happen. Uh, all right, sorry, Rob. So... Just so you have a little backstory, oh, he's been having thumbs up popping up in his screens now, balloons, and we have no idea why it does it. So just to add to the best podcast you'll ever see in your fucking life, Jamesy it's over Siri here, Siri queuing into a Dude. couple of his keywords, and then they're just it's popping balloons be... and. But what were the, what were the key words? And that's the thing I try and like think back. Maybe it's just my excitement, and it just like figures out. Oh, you're just saying congratulations. However, comma. Okay, so Saturday, Sunday. I'm looking at Windrock yeah. right now on the website, and it's got right so you've got schedule. stages. Uh, tell us how the schedule, because yeah. it is confusing. Like I'm also wondering. How in the fuck am I going to be able to shoot a youth enduro downhill and enduro in the same weekend and running around? Like, let's just say you're an athlete like Spencer over here. Like, how could he maximize and race all of it? Or can he not? Like, what's that all well, about? Well, Spencer's too old for the youth enduro. So unfortunately, we can't have him do that. But um, you never we know, can man. certainly you get <laughs> no altering of birth certificates here. Come on, man. He can um, shave up and he looks pretty young. I'll be honest with you. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a pretty cool schedule. So Thursday is going to be basically full enduro schedule practice as in normal stuff. Um, Friday, we kind of transition to what the DH track is going to be. And there will be a morning track walk <clears throat> on that stage. So that will be closed to enduro riders. And then uh, middle of the day, we'll kind of flip it over to a practice for the DH track. And then um, we go into Saturday. So if it's a, if it's a triple header weekend with youth and everything, the youth will be on the front of the mountain doing that. The BME will go out to the back country like they standard do. 
And then uh, we'll have practice on the DH track Saturday morning. And then um, the kids will be done. DH practice will be done. The BMEers will be coming back in the park doing their thing on their stages, uh, which will probably be a good portion of the DH stuff too. Um, we like to keep it spicy for everybody. And then uh, after the enduro is all done, wrapped up Saturday, we'll send everybody up the lift. So it'll be a Saturday evening. We have it tentatively scheduled like kind of in that four or five o'clock time range. Um, everybody's the DHers will basically be taking the last chairs up to the top stage them. And then we drop them at whatever time that ends up being on the schedule, depending on time change and what time zone we're in, but basically the four thirty, five o'clock and they'll have the stage all to themselves. Saturday, Sunday is just going to be a four stage ish, uh, BME day. So it'll be pretty fun. All right. So we're still looking at two days for the BMEs. Yeah. So if you're a, is the intention behind this to have more like dedicated athletes? So you know that there's always going to be the, the kids that are super stoked to ride their enduro bike and a downhill bike. That's not really what we're looking for here. We're looking for the kids that are like straight up. If they enter in the downhill race, they can't race in the BME, right? Well, that we've made the schedule so that they can. Like that's the full intention. So Because there is a lot of our athletes that have asked. Um, I've gotten a ton of questions about it, whether it's via email or phone or or whatever format, but, um, yeah, some of our top athletes too are looking to it. And I think, uh, that being said, like our enduro guys that are guys or gals that are looking to do it are going to still focus on enduro, but they want to get out their DH rig and go do that. And it looks good for the sponsors too, but, um, the schedule is planned to work around that so that if people wanted to do multiple events, they can certainly do it. So it's, it'll be uh it'll be a full plate for whoever wants to do it, but I'm, I'm sure Spencer can hold it down for the team. Yeah. Dude, I, if I'm doing that, I'm going to be so smoked. I don't even yeah. Know but I, I mean, just think of the possibilities of like that extra couple grand you can make, you know? Mm. Yeah, dude. Well, have we released like, again, I'm learning about yeah. this, but what's, have we, what's the what is the prize money? Oh, prize money is going to be good. Um, yeah, by the time this thing comes out, it'll be released. So we're going to push the rule book here in a day or two, uh, get that out and get it, everybody's response on it. And then uh, we'll do a final push on the the rule book because I want to kind of set the rule book and let it be for the year. I don't want to have kind of a live version that's being edited every weekend and, and make it um, malleable. Like I kind of want it to be what it is for the year. And if we need to make big changes, we'll make those changes and we'll address it to everybody. But yeah, uh, the payout, uh, we're going five deep now, uh, especially for the Enduro and the DH. So that's super cool. So, um, and then we have a really big prize in store for everybody that's coming to Nebo that, that pro purse is, uh, going to be doubled. So it's going to be a $20,000 weekend. Um, standard weekend right now for us is going to be a $10,000 weekend minimum that we hand out. So it's 2000 for first, both male and female equal payouts for both. And then 1500 and a thousand for second and third. And then we'll probably go to a 300, 200 for fourth and fifth kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's some big money. It's going to be over $80,000 that we're giving out in cash alone this year. So it's, Wait, it's a big number. Back up. So for Mount Nebo, that number is going to be doubled. That number is going to be doubled. I just got confirmation on that, uh, actually yesterday. So, um, yeah, I can't even tell you who it's coming from at this point, but, uh, there is a foundation that's getting behind it and they're doubling our pro purse and $4,000 for the win for male and female. Like how insane is that? Spencer, is it, uh, is it, does the, the, uh, donor donor have any proximity to, uh, to Arkansas? 
Yes, yes. There is some proximity yeah. to Arkansas. And I, I huge hats off to those guys. We've had several conversations with them. And uh, honestly, the whole state of Arkansas is getting behind us coming there. Um, there's some really big stuff on the horizon future. It probably will be a 26 thing um, going on there. But yeah, they they really love what we're doing for American mountain biking and stuff. And and they want to support it. And I heard that they were talking about doubling our pro payout, but we hadn't got confirmation till literally yesterday. So, um, wow, yeah, doubling sick. the pro payout is pretty massive and we're already the biggest in the world at our standard payout. So it, it's, it's going to be pretty cool. That's sick. Tell, them, tell them to start stacking and build a mountain or something too. So they can, they can bring everything to Arkansas. <laughs> I, I can't say too much, but they've got some. They've got some big stuff up their sleeves down there. All right. uh, yeah, we need more than yeah. a two hundred foot vertical drop. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's steep on stage eight last year. I don't know. Jamesy was there, right, and directing traffic because people clearly. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I know you remember that, and dude? There was got like out a few times. Yeah, I I was like <clears> super stoked on Mount Nebo because. It was oh yeah, I honestly thought we were going to show up well. and it was going to it wasn't going to be anything. Yeah. Let's be real, like we've all been to kind of Arkansas and it's flat and well, Nebo was <laughs> yeah, it had elevation, sure. which was weird. It's this weird stump in the middle of Arkansas, right? Like I don't know yeah. how to explain it. But it was like there was some sections out there that like I was super surprised to see. And then just a big thing I love seeing is the community coming together. And that community was all time for sure. Everybody, at least that I saw, everybody was super dope and stuff. The chili stayed open late for us on Sunday night because we were getting a little bit loose on the old Presidente margaritas. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was a really cool venue. I was like super stoked to be a part of it. What was that? Really <laughs> the cool? Thumbs up came back. Yes. I don't know. I like don't just know. a really cool venue. Yeah, I don't know. He's gonna try the words <laughs> every time with you. We'll every figure it out. Time. So I oh, know that's super <clears> sick. Um, yeah, no, so can we get more into the rules yet? Or do we need to do something else, Austin? <laughs> yeah, all right, Rob, just talk about these rules. Well, uh, hey, I've got a question I mean, before look, we get into that, though. With, I mean, oh, sorry. Now go, we can't go. get to the rules. Don't, don't yeah, Well, no, 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 no. You said that you're going to throw the rules out and then get some input. How, like, obviously that input is valuable, but how many, how much do you have to kind of, like, take it with a grain of salt? Like, how much input are you really taking to heart? do you think everything everything austin says yeah yeah, yeah great if yeah. austin says it it's it's in there yeah. um, I, we'll just make it i win there we go <laughs> nobody else needs to even yeah, show up that's austin it i'll win. just ride my e-bike around and kick some fucking ass yeah i mean i think there's a huge balance between um exactly like you said like everybody throwing in their two cents everybody has their personal initiatives and that they want but we're trying to look at it for the betterment of the sport um, and how do we feel that's going to end up at the end of the day? It'll be interesting to get the feedback. Uh, I've got some kind of initial feedback so far and everybody's extremely excited about it. Um, and I don't think honestly, any of the changes are that revolutionary that it's, you know, going to throw anybody completely off the ship, but, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to get some feedback, but we just kind of want to leave it that open format. And honestly, I just want to have this stuff nailed down. So when we roll into Nebo this year, we're not wanting to edit the rule book throughout the year as we, we kind of did this year and which I think there were some good changes and things we put into play. But um, again, with us kind of being able to put our fingers fully into this rule book and edit it the way we want, I, this is kind of what we're trying to do here. So I, I think the rules, I think, I think people are going to like them. Cool. Yeah. Well then why don't we just 
segment our way right into those. Let's talk about, I mean, I'm just looking at it, little things right here. I mean, just whole new point structure. I mean, different pro, there's actually some new classes, correct me if I'm wrong, and the, how the number plate works, um, you know, minimum races for certain classes, uh, a little bit of that. Maybe, maybe let's just talk about like just the pro structure, I mean, the point structure this year, and uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, just give us some insight on that. Someone's been yeah. watching Supercross. Someone's been watching. Supercross is yeah. fun, man. Those guys are, man, they're all time too. I'd put those guys up on an MMA ring and I bet they do pretty darn good. It'd be pretty impressive. But uh, West maybe not. Pike probably would. Yeah. I know. I Vince know. Freeze would be dead quick. <laughs> that guy, he's already got a target on his back. What are you talking about? But uh, yeah, we did definitely right. tighten up the point structure um, to make it, I think, the racing a little bit more exciting throughout the whole year. Uh, so it's a totally different point structure than what we've had in the past. It goes 22 deep right now. Um, you can still score a point for the round. And um, if you're in the overalls, you'll definitely be in that top 22 for any round. So it's we're trying to make it uh, a lot more exciting throughout the year and honestly a little bit easier to follow than what the old point structure was. It was huge gaps in it. Um, so I think it's going to be uh, a lot more exciting and it's going to be a good story for uh, James and Austin to share throughout the year and uh, yeah, we're going with that. And then that kind of segues us right into the no drop rounds for the pro class. And, uh, this one, I might get a little bit of, a little bit of flack on, I'm sure at some point or another, but, um, all the, all the top players that are coming, uh, are coming to all the rounds anyways. And so in order to get the money in order to get that, it's not that if you miss a round that you're not in the overalls whatsoever, you'll just be obviously slotted back to where that that's appropriate kind of thing. But, um, in order to win the overalls or win the overall money, cause there's obviously the same purse, the $10,000 purse for the overalls as well, which seemed to shock people this year. I guess they didn't, didn't catch that in the rule book last year, but, um, there's day of and overall prize money and, uh, yeah, it'll make it a lot better. So they're going to be at all six. I mean, obviously if you come to four or five, whatever it is, you're still going to have your points. You're still going to be on the spreadsheet. You just won't be into the, the top, but you won't be getting the points anyway. So it works out. So also I see here with the whole number plate situation going on for the pros. Um, tell me about that. So basically, you know, we're going to have a number one guy and that number one guy or girl will be basically through the whole series, right? So it's almost like they could do it on their jersey. They can do whatever it is. And then they're dropping last almost every time, you know, it's kind of yep. slotted, right? How's that? How's that all working? Yeah. The permanent number plate for the year. So, uh, Unlike Supercross, they're not going to pick their number, but uh, they'll basically be assigned it off their 23 rankings. So the top 10 men and women will both get that. And uh, yeah, that that's actually the idea behind it. We'd love to see that they put it on their jerseys and, and take ownership of that number for this year as well. And um, they'll be running that plate all year long, which would be cool. And they'll go a backwards order, a countdown, you know, for them so that, and we'll be a little bit, uh, I think, more slotted this year as far as that goes so that our media team can capture the photos and uh, media that they need we to We have get. to make Jamesy happy. He's got to make for sure he knows when they're coming through. Um, when all right, I got a couple. I, got, I genuinely do have a couple of things to be said for yeah. this. One thing is yeah. mine keeps lagging, so I'm getting like a little bit of, <laughs> like I, I like just whatever. So I'm not catching everything sometimes, maybe bad internet, but <laughs> – that's it. So did we get onto the point where you're talking about you've got to start in your specific order and yeah. you've got to start on time? Yeah, yeah and that's yes. something that 
that I want to throw to you guys, like uh, James and Austin, like, how do you guys feel on that? Like, what, what is that doing for you in the background? Like, because it is kind of hard when guys start at a certain time, but then they're dropping basically in any order they want. Like, how does that affect you? Yeah. So uh, for me personally, like Rob's heard me (laughs) rant about this. Austin has too, but Spencer, I want your input on like my opinion on this, because as a racer, then you obviously know it very different than I do. But my thing is that when I'm out there shooting, I want to make sure that let's be honest. Okay. So there's a couple of things. First off, I'm going to get a little bit distracted. I need alarms on my phone to remember, oh, I'm supposed to be taking pictures of these guys coming and get girls. But it's my big thing was, day. I get it. Yeah. Well, my thing last year was that people were dropping just whenever. Right. And then for me as a freelance photographer, it's one thing if I'm shooting for like the BME, whatever, we just want to get a collection of all these images of rad riders, whatever. But when a company, let's say Cannondale or something's hiring, hiring me, I have to get their specific riders. I'm not in communication. Obviously I have no idea. I have no idea why I've got a thumbs up right now, but anyway, uh, but so I've got specific riders that I've got to get and nothing got me more infuriated because I'm not communicating with the riders. They're in their, they're, they're the athletes. They're in their zone. They don't need some bloody photographer just chirping at them saying, yo, remind, remember to tell me when you're going to tr- drop, blah, blah, blah. And let's, so that's and let's the be thing honest, they wouldn't even remember. So, and they're not going to remember <laughs> to do it anyway. Right. And, and nor should yeah. they. So maybe for, Spencer, Spencer's pretty good at that. Oh no, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So right I, for, as a freelance photographer who's got clients who I need to stack as many clients as possible at these races, not knowing when my people were dropping, and again, okay, so half of it's on me for sure because I'm going to be like throwing sticks at a tree with my left hand or whatever to pass time, and then Is Richie Rude or whoever, or Mitch Robledo drops, and you're like, gosh, dang it, that was the dude I'm supposed to shoot. I don't get paid this weekend. So that's why I was always so kind of passionate. I think another thing, and again, Spencer, I'm looking for your input on this bit is I think it leads to a more professional race. Like if we're out there and BME is saying, Hey, we're the premier race series in the U S having the same kind of rules. (laughs) Too many thumbs up, too many balloons. (laughs) Too much much of a race. Yeah. Jamesy. I think, I think I'm slowing down. I'm keeping my hands down. What happened? I'm going to sit on my hands. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, sorry. Um, how bad? It makes it how more far of a professional. Off it, 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 no, look, it, I feel like it, same thing added on where you were at talking about how I don't even know when this guy's going to drop because he drops at different times. I don't get his shot. It doesn't make a, a, a great video. And especially if I'm chasing a client like specialized or someone and I need to get all the specialized riders. If I go to some other series, I know when they're going to drop. I know when they're going to hit. And that means I can be in my spot, move around. I, I think you can testify too to it, James, where it's like, I'm scared to move sometimes because I don't know when they're going to drop. If I have a chance oh, of yeah. missing my rider or a rider that I'm following in the story, I won't move, which sucks because then I have basically 10 clips of the same section of the same drop same and the thing. riders at this level are looking <laughs> so similar it's the same body yeah. shape it's the that same sucks. section and I, another thing i and i'm not a racist so i don't know my ass from my elbow but i do feel like if we're not grooming and we're not grooming some of these riders to go on to the edr or whatever but if they're like if the hot shit at the bme <laughs> well yeah that's another conversation which we'll get into later viewers yeah. but uh no uh i feel like just cool. they're like them learning the system of like 
dude, you need to be at the start gate when you're supposed to drop. Like, and being all lackadaisy and then going over to the EDR or the, when it was the ED, EWS and be like, no, I'll get there when I get there. That doesn't fly over there. So I do feel like dropping riders at a specific time really does. It benefits us as freelancers, but that's not what racing's about. It's not about the photographers and videographers as it much is. as maybe we disagree. It uh, it's about the athletes. And yeah, if we're providing the athletes. So, yeah, so, it, but so, it is to an extent. Right. I mean, how tough and, is it for you? Like, t- talk about it. I mean, obviously, if there's a one minute gaps and everything like that, and you have to be there and you get penalized, I mean, it kind of makes it more holding you guys accountable, right? Like, 100, 100%. I like, I honestly love the format of ED, EWSs or EDRs now. Like, being, having a list printed out um, that's that's given to you every day or every, every race before, where you know you have to be up here at a certain amount of time. Typically, the climbs are like just enough to you're, you're allotted just enough time to like maybe if you got a flat you could change it quick but if you if you change if you're changing a flat you're like sprinting up the climb and there's a little lunch break or whatever that gives gives us a little more time all that stuff's sick my only question and I, i'm all for it um my only question would be is what if somebody let's just say for instance finn isles or Lloyd bruni says hey we're in we're in mount nebo arkansas and we're just gonna race this this bme just for the hell of it since we're here where is he going is he going in the back of the bus because i'm i'm probably pretty sure he would be catching the the slowest ranked pro just because his number is 100 and loic is 101 to sign up or whatever so is he starting back there and catching this guy every single every single track every every trail because that'll be me i haven't done a bme i'm i'm planning on doing a few of them this year and and it's not to say that the last last pro isn't fast but it sucks i've been in in ewss's where i haven't hadn't been ranked very well and i'm 155th and literally have to make three passes each trail because these people are signing up and and they can ride they can ride their bikes but i'm just going a little faster than them and is there how much, how much of a gap that? do we need to give you? You know, like a five, 10 minute gap. No, and you I think we put can. him right behind you, Spencer. Great. That's <laughs> problem solved. Fantastic. That's, that's going to be a problem. He's yeah. I mean, how, 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 <laughs> yeah, I would love to watch that. Fixed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, actually, could no, we but... do that? That'd be a great video. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, yeah, so Rob, honestly, how, how, yeah, yeah, how yeah, do you about that, Rob? What do we think on that? I, I think it's a case-by-case basis. You know what I mean? It, we'll have to see how it goes and if the pro purses are bringing out the riders. Um, but it's also hard because if they're if they're showing up and registering, let's be real, like Thursday afternoon, um, the last possible minute, it ha- makes it very difficult for us to make plans. Um, same thing yeah. like if Rude decides to show up or something like that. If he books early, then no problem. We, we can plan and put that in the list accordingly. Um, the start list is a very, uh, live active document and we don't create that until actually after registration is closed or packet pickup is closed. That way we can pull out the people who didn't come and pick their packets up, which makes it very difficult by the way, for everybody listening to this, who does (laughs) not pick up their packet and tries to get it the day of makes it hard. Anyways. Um, it is true. It, then we can edit guilty, it, but I, I guilty, guilty, guilty. Yeah, yeah. Not that we, any of us so have ever Spencer done that. Basically, before. wants uh, to go last, and I, he wants to pick up, up his packet on Saturday morning, uh, right before his drop time. 
Could you actually deliver it to him at the top? Spencer's getting the number 11 plate, so he's going to be right in front of everybody. So yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll we'll just make it good. It, it'll yeah. be it'll be a case by case basis and we'll see and Honestly, again, anybody listening, if you're going to come, it helps a lot. Either A, you email us and let us know that you're coming, or B, just get signed up early enough to where we can catch it and make the additions. Because honestly, when we're on on site, which we're on site for eight days for any one of these events, like we are nose to the grindstone, um, trying to stay on top of emails and you know Instagram messages and all that stuff, but stuff kind of just it, it's it's a lot. We have a lot going on, and we're worried about getting the the stakes and the tape down, kind of thing. So yeah, the more that we know in advance, the easier we can plan and accommodate for that. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's just that's just yeah. Super curious because I I'll be probably what happened. What happened for you after you know you did have that round that it was tough for you. Then the next round uh, that you went to, you had some points accumulated. Were you able to start in front of Jamesy that was slowing you down on the trail? Yeah, no, exactly. That that's, that's live. And, <clears throat> and the numbers change. You get, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Case by case. I like, I like the, the yearly number deal. I like the organized start times. I like having, knowing who you're kind of riding with and will be racing around. It, it puts a lot of confidence in other riders knowing, Hey, I got, Colton Peterson in front of me today. I know I'm not going to catch him. We're it, good. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and vice versa. I know that he's not going to mow someone, me down. Someone's behind me. That's that's <clears> not. We're going sure five seconds maybe or ten seconds on like a bad stage that you're losing whatever, but you're not losing a minute or not losing even thirty seconds um, where you're not slowing down. But there are a very big um, variety of skill levels out there that, that I'm, I'm going to be your first one, basically, probably I'm going to come in. I haven't done a BME. I'm not ranked. Um, and I haven't, I didn't do any last year, so I'm going to have probably one of the worst, like the bigger numbers, which is fine. I'm cool. That's sick. I've, I want to, now I want to have a low number next year, but at the same time, I don't want to be passing somebody, um, every single run. So, well, and that's yeah, a I'm lot excited. of what was happening this year. People were, were buddying up, right? Like a bit, equal ability level or team riders or whatever it was. Like I saw a lot of that happening this year, which is very smart. You know, if you know, hey, myself and so-and-so are, are pretty equally matched. If he goes first or I go first, it works out. So um, yeah. there was a lot of that going on, but I think this will really streamline it and make it more efficient. Plus, um, we ask a lot of our media team to capture a lot of stuff because like I, like I kind of explain it, like outside of our little mount nebo or windrock or whatever location that we're at like most of the mountain bike world doesn't even know that we're hosting a race and so yeah. in order for us to get that out to the public we got to have the media captured um and we need to get it of the groms we need to get it of the ams we need to get it but when everybody's just intermixing kind of the way that it was a little bit in the past it, so much that nice we didn't stuff. know if it was going to be a pro woman or a pro man or a u21 or you know we didn't know who was dropping in what order essentially in in 23 so i think this will help us a lot. So I've got a, I got a wee question on the categories, which is so, okay. So first off, we've got two new categories, semi-pro men, expert women. So expert women definitely saw it coming from a mile away last year, for sure. There's a lot of athletes that the ladies were just, just too good for the amateur category. Once they got to the pro category, weren't quite there. They were on their way up to that. So expert women for sure. Tell me about the semi-pro men. Who's, who's that kind of aimed at? 
it's kind of that, well, with us having the advanced boys, so we, we worked the, we integrated the advanced boys 15 to 18 in there last year. Cause it was a carryover category from what we have in youth enduro. So we were trying to make it, um, a line. And so that it was kind of that feeder program into the BMEs and kind of thing. But then we had like the advanced boys, 15 to 18. Then we had the expert men open. Then we had like a U 21 and it was a lot of overlap right in that region. And so it was kind of a, a weird, I mean, really it's a, it's a two, three year age gap. You're only basically 19 to 21 in the U 21 where I'm kind of going back and this is a little bit old school. And that's hopefully kind of a nod that people see on that, but to the Norba days, uh, when there was a semi-pro male and I came through that, like when I was racing XC, I went expert semi-pro and then graduated in the pro kind of thing. But if we're trying to make a true feeder program so that, um, the goal is, is it probably some of those, um, pros that don't get the time to dedicate that some of the other pros do that the top pros do that, that gives them a good platform to go to that semi-pro group. And then the super fast kids can go in there. And so we're trying to make a more competitive grouping that, like, I mean, a lot of our pros are over 21 years old, but they don't, they still work a nine to five. They work in 40 hours, 50 hours a week, plus training, plus all these other things. We're trying to give them a, a cool format. And again, it was kind of something that I bounced off a lot of the sponsors and they really like that. It kind of looks a little bit more attractive to them at the end of the day, if they have somebody who won or got top five in a semi-pro as opposed to U21 with the other age groups in mind. So um, we, we pushed that out quite a while ago that we had the semi-pro category and a lot of the kids in that region saw that, but I think honestly, once we get racing and they see it and the competitiveness of it, uh, I think it'll be pretty well received. No, I think do that's think great. Do you think it'll pull from the pro class at all? Like you think that you'll see less, less pro riders that, that step down and want to go, I like think. I think it will. Yeah, I, I honestly do. Because there's a lot of those people that are kind of the same thing, right? They're like, well, I'm too fast to be that expert men open. I'm over the 21. So I can't do that. And so but I, and I talked to them, they came up and chatted with me, which is like the best way for me to get feedback at these things at the events. And they said, you know, like, hey, like, I, I love racing pro, but I, I'm not competitive in the pro class. And so this is yeah. where this kind of came about. And so um, we're kind of just changing the name and, and the levels in some of the categories just trying to f see where it aligns and then obviously we'll keep adding um which is exactly where the expert women category came out of and that's exactly what you were saying jamesy that um the, the poor women i mean since the beginning of racing times have always had these huge gaps and you're basically an amateur woman or you're a pro woman and there needs to be that stepping stone in between that people can go and, and cut their teeth and and refine their program and their bike and everything um, so we're trying to give them that and it's, it's, I think that'll be a growing category too. And it'll, it'll probably do the same thing that I think the semi-pro is going to do on the male side. So look, Spencer, we don't even have to worry about your drop time because all those guys will be in the semi-pro class. <laughs> cool. Shit. I might be, I might be in the semi-pro class. Yeah. I mean, yeah, actually let's talk about that. So, I mean, <clears throat> I see the semi-pro thing. Are you saying that I can go race pro and then drop down to semi-pro and then go back up to pro? Like, how does that exactly work? Sure, you can. You <laughs> just won't get your points. <laughs> like, simple answer to that. Because um, I feel like in other sports, once you've kind of reached pro level, you can't uh, can't go back down, right? Like, how do, how do you guys start sure. justifying that a little bit, right? Like, oh, well, man, I think, you know, I think my arm hurts this week, and I'm going to just red semi-pro. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not advantageous for anybody to do that. I think future iterations of this will probably have to address that that exact thing um, as hopefully the popularity of this whole thing grows and all of that. But um, yeah, right now, I mean, the, the trick is, is wherever you get your points. So if you do race exactly to what you said, a pro category one weekend and you say get one point because you finished 22nd, then you drop down to semi-pro and you get third place and you get whatever points that is. And then you go back to pro and then back to semi-pro. Well, you're only getting the points in that category. So it, it doesn't do you any good to bounce around. And when we're talking about, especially the pro class and all six uh, races count towards the overalls, you, you really wouldn't want to do that. Um, and yep. then same thing, if, if you were going the other way, say semi-pro to expert back to semi-pro, well, now you're dropping points. And do you really want to risk your dropped points to lose your overall status? Cause that's what a lot of people go for. And, um, a lot of these experts are getting cool grassroots deals and, and programs that because they're ranking well in the BME points. So they, they don't want to jeopardize any of that. I'm, I'm just here for the trophy for each round. I'm that's all I'm <laughs> here for. I'm not sandbagging son of a bitch. Yeah. Hey, I want to ask bag. you real quick. There's a, there's a rule here, here, racing age, blah, 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 whenever. Race director reserves the right to request a copy of the original birth certificate to verify. Has this ever come up that you've had to ever request a birth certificate? Because there's some grom that looks way too old. Uh, it's We're not Texas football yet, so no, not quite. But uh, we just figured we'd put the asterisk in there uh, as of now. But yeah, no, it, it's not, not been addressed, thankfully. Um, and that's the cool thing about mountain biking is that people are pretty honest about everything. And um, we haven't had to do it. But yeah, it's... Uh, to the other side of that that you were talking about it is your age based upon the end of the year which i think is a pretty generic number for people to go off of and it tends to lead to some confusion for people ultimately but um you should just have a january birthday and then then it's easy after that easy so yeah. if i sign up for masters men 50 plus we're okay all right you're not gonna yes. have a birth yes. certificate <laughs> yeah i will for you dude okay. austin looks it so i wouldn't i wouldn't second guess him that's all right. We can't tell because Spencer's camera is at 720 quality. But um, That's right. <laughs> and then explain this open pits because I haven't had time to be able to read it because I like listening to Spencer talk shit to Austin. But uh, yeah, the open pits. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we need to have everybody pitted. So it came about this, well, I guess last year, 23, um, Big Sky was kind of a highlight. But in order for us to, be able to monitor the changes that that potentially happen to a bike or the athlete because it has right in our rule book no food stashes and that kind of a thing um this is a like a pro driven rule that it's they have to set up in the pit area so i don't care whose tent they're under and we can even set up a generic pit area for the guys but guys and gals to to work out of but that needs to be up in the area and we can't have any of the pros, but we can't have, especially the podium chasers out in the parking lot, getting who knows what from their vehicle or doing whatever changes to their bike. Um, with us throwing more money at this, like we kind of need to be able to refine the process a little bit and keep everybody honest on it. And we've had zero issues with that in the past, as far as people trying to slide apart on their bike that they're not supposed to, they've always been very good about coming up to us. But, um, again, we did have it at big sky last year where there was a, a very focal rider that was out there in the pits out in the parking lot and I, I have no way of monitoring that um it's just kind of a making it a fair kind of thing as best we can i mean you guys are racing for money so i i, I just got to have some type of guideline or whatever it is right like yeah 
that's, and that's where it came from. And it was kind of, um, I think they were intentionally kind of pushing on that soft spot of the rule book last year, um, which I, I wasn't super fond of. And I made it very clear to him at the end of the day, I said, Hey, look, you know, you'll get your check this time, but next time you will not. And, and whether, however, we got to set that up, but you, you can't be set up out in the parking lot. Cause I have no way of monitoring it. Cause then it becomes a, he said, she said thing. And people ultimately start accusing. It didn't come up this time. Nobody accused anybody of anything, but um, how am I going to keep that? I can't have 45 people on staff just to watch the pits. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it only kind of makes sense in my mind. I mean, so to what totally about, be fair. Go ahead. Go. What about somebody that doesn't have a pit? Let's say like there's I think, some, some good level pro that's, that's riding for, you can just say know, your Joe, name, Spencer. Joe Schmo bike. Well, no, because I got, I could have support a specialized, so that doesn't work. But like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, Brad and like mo- no, wow. I, well, okay, whatever. Shameless. You know, Do you, you want to go change your shirt real quick? I might as well. <laughs> But like, let's say, let's say somebody's riding for moots or something. There's another brand drop for you. Like, I don't know. They're not going to have any support. They're not going to have anything going on in, in the pits of, of a BME, but there could be some rider that's doing really well. He, does he have to park now his car in the pits to, to, no. to do this or, or nope. what's just bring up your stuff that you're wanting to do and set it up in the pit area. And we'll have like a neutral pro pit area designated, uh, that's corded off kind of thing. And they can set their wheels, their pump, their food stash, whatever it is. Um, but what we found, yeah, it just has to be in our area somewhere that we can monitor it because I'm, I'm always in the pit area walking around and we have a ton of people that, that are coming and going, but, um, and honestly, it's the other riders and the other teams, everybody keeps each other honest, but last year, even, a moots rider would be pitted out of say the Maxis tent or something like that. Like everybody's friends at some point and, and helping yeah. each other out. It's just, we gotta, we gotta find a way. I mean, it doesn't do any good to have a rule book if, if we don't have a way of enforcing it kind of thing. And, um, sure. I'd rather just not come across any of these problems, but you know, inevitably yeah. it does once in a while. Yeah. Now I, I got a question and this is, I think also there, I, I believe there will be or have, been some changes in this new rule book, but there, this was a highly, um, um, emotional part, I think of BME last year, but what's the deal with pre-riding and stuff? Oh, there... that's where I was <laughs> going. That was my next question for sure. I was wondering oh, where you were going to take it. Which emotional part <laughs> yeah. are we talking about? Well, uh, I just, every I, race. I, yeah. Same deal. Every I, race. I, I wasn't there, but I heard a hell of a lot of stuff that went down thanks to <laughs> people getting to races early uh, or not getting to races early and uh well and yeah starting fires within the within the i mean we can just right now i'm going to winrock and i'm already starting now so like <laughs> that extra 50 plus week. men class is screwed <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm headed out to Windrock this week as well to go check some stuff out. But yeah, no, it, and that's where last year these rules came out of like Nebo, right? There was a big riders meeting. The pros wanted to have a meeting and talk about it. Um, so we certainly did. We thought we had addressed it, made it very clear to everybody. Um, and then there was, again, trying to find soft spots in it. And honestly, like I, I, I don't respond well to that. Like I, I'm not putting a rule book out for people to find the gray areas. It's black and white and if it's a TBD kind of thing, or you feel like it's a DVD thing, just come and ask me, like, we'll, we'll, we'll find a common ground on it. But, um, yeah, I think the best thing that we're going to be able to do this year, because there's such a wide variety, uh, like last year we had big sky who's open to the public seven days a week. 
um, is it we'll just close the tracks when our crews are out there working on it, whether it's Nebo, Windrock, Arizona, doesn't matter where. Um, and then it kind of just levels it out a little bit. I mean, people can go, as far as I'm concerned, they can go the weekend before, two weekends before, a month before and go ride. They don't know what our tracks are going to be, you know, and, and we yeah. always find a, a pretty creative way. Like at Brian Head, people were blown away how we got top to bottom every single time. Um, they probably have ridden all the the sections, but they hadn't ridden them in that order. And it really kind of, uh, I think made it, made it more exciting for people. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I mean, it's, 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 I know the argument is fair. Like there are yeah. people that are in other positions that are racing pro class working a nine to five and, and are competitive. Yes. And there are other people that, that race pro class and do it for a living and have the freedom and the financial <laughs> ability to go out two weeks before and be like, let's just ride all the trails. Let's get everything done. Yeah. We'll get yeah. get familiar with it because home field advantage and familiar familiarizing yourself with trails is huge, and that's a huge well, thing. And it I is. think the the uh, even even with EWS and EDR, like there are races that people can go to that they have a home field advantage. But it was always good, like while you're going there. And I think that this is why a lot of Americans struggle in the past going to European tracks that people have been going to for years. American shows up. They've never ridden in Slovenia. They ride it yeah, once, they got walk two it days once. to do it right, and exactly. And, mm -hmm. and that and that's it's well, that's difficult. A, that's a it's a different type of racing. And there's a few people, yeah. a few Americans that do it really well. But uh, yeah, I I've just heard a lot, so that's what I was curious about. No, and that's that's exactly where it came from. Is and and we're looking at it because we don't want the every top five, top ten riders to always get top 10, right? Like we, yeah. we want the, the up and comers to be able to get, get in there. And so we're trying to make it as fair as possible, but ultimately you're going to have people that, that live in Utah. They're going to ride Brian head that have been riding yep. Brian head for 10 years. You know what I mean? There's going to, there's a couple guys I know in Arkansas that are down riding Nebo. Like, so I, it, it comes back to that U S versus European kind of thing that you were talking about that we talked about earlier. Um, and there's just, advantages that you have when you have always ridden in Europe and always gone to Val de Sol or wherever yeah. it is, you know what I mean? You just kind of naturally know that, but for American riders, like I think there's 10 parks you could listen, Angel Fire, like how many people have yeah. ridden Angel Fire before? Brian Head, Mammoth, like, I mean, you could, so if you start putting those level events on here, like all of a sudden it does change the tide from the Americans going to Europe and Europe's coming to American. So yeah, um, yeah I, I think there's a lot of cool things that can happen there. So yeah. just so I'm clear on it, if a if a rider shows up the Monday before the event, can they ride the tracks, or is it does it close off Monday when you guys are out there starting? Because you guys, what I know, you got there like six days early Monday. Yeah. How how long are you when you say you're going to have your guys on track? That's when they're closed. When when is that day? What is that? So look for us. We'll publish an exact thing for each venue because that's what we found mostly this last year. Okay. So Brian head typically is only open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You had big sky that was open seven days a week. You had Nebo that has no lift. It doesn't matter when you go out there. So there was such a wide variant of everything. Um, yeah, I'm pulling in with the rig usually on Saturdays or Sundays, the week prior to the event. And we're already starting to build stuff out. Um, we get on track Monday and we're definitely starting to lace tape at that point. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's big tape laying days for us. And then we start setting loops and, and doing all that, but we will be putting out more specific schedules for each venue as we approach those. And we'll send those out to all the registered riders and put it on social and all that kind of stuff. 
and it'll give a clear indication on the yes. this is the day that this location yes. is now closed yes. for competitors. Sick. And it's it's exactly like what you're saying. Like at Nebo, especially like it's such they have such a beehive of super cool trails that we're working there. It'll just be like, hey guys, we're on this side of the mountain. This is what we're working on, and they're just closed. Don't come down them. Um, and it'll. It, when it comes to a lot of the riders, the regular riders, AMs or pros, like we know who you are. <laughs> like we, we yeah. recognize you. We've seen you around. We know what bike you're on kind of thing. Um, so don't push it. Like it, we're not, we're not purposely <clears throat> trying to go out and, and, and throw rules around. But at the same time, if we keep seeing you wandering through the woods, staring at what we're doing, it's like, come on guys. Like this isn't the nature of enduro and it's not what we're trying to accomplish here. Like it's uh, the enduro rules by itself. I mean, it, it it's kind of the, the excitement part of what is mountain biking. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was the initial spark. I mean, back when they mm -hmm. first started it, they were all riding trails that they've never ridden or never seen or anything before. And that was, that was yep. the cool part. It was, it was, a the, everything was forced and revolving around people that could analyze terrain as it comes and not be able to study it like a downhill racer does. And yes. That's what I like. I personally love yeah. that, that nature of it. And that's, that's the spirit of Enduro to me. That's what we're doing. And, and that's, that's a nod to Nebo. It's, it's to Brian head. It's to all these places we're putting in new stuff and we're getting creative with how we're laying down the tracks. It's, it's not just a timber line top to bottom. It's not just a wildflower. It's not just a power line out at Nebo or, or Windrock. You know, I mean, we're not just running top to bottom trails. Um, and that's where we're trying to level the field from those that went ride Windrock on a weekly basis. Like, okay, yeah. great. You know, Windrock, that's awesome. You actually have an advantage there, but you're not going to know what order we're going to throw these in and what intersection we're going to take and how we're going to get to the bottom. And, uh, that's kind of what we hold close to our chests. And, and that's why we, we don't let that out before we need to. Is nice. there, so outside of the rules, <laughs> what else can we expect this year from BME? What new things? Oh man, it's, it's going to be cool. It's, we have more teams coming out of the woodworks actually that, that shocked me in this year that the industry has been in so much turmoil. Um, we're going to have more teams and it was kind of cool talking to companies outside of like our normal sponsorship network. They're like, you just made our marketing budget happen. We were going to send our DH program to these races across back and forth, back and forth, do that. And we we're going to send an enduro team to your races. And now you just made it to where we can send the whole team follow one series that's doing two different things, you know, enduro and, and DH and it, it, it's cost effective, right? They only have one truck, one van, one mechanic, maybe two mechanics, but like, they're not dividing and conquering across the whole United States, which like, as ironically enough was funny, Cody Kelly put it out in a post like, why don't we just call BME the world cup series? Because we cover more actual land mass geographically speaking than EWS does. Ooh. Um, Wow, so I didn't we're just, even notice know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one came ago. out. Yeah. That one came wow. out a while ago when the when the EDRs released their schedule. I was oh man, I was laughing on that one pretty good. Yeah, that's that's just because EDR is only in Europe this year. There's nothing right, nothing no. else. And which, and we had a couple of the crazy. the pros in our series that were standing around chatting with us at Big Sky the Tuesday that it came out or whatever day it was when we were up there in the parking lot, and they're like, dude, we can't we can't chase the schedule. Like it doesn't make sense to bounce between BMEs and EDRs and, and like the competitiveness that we're talking about, like it just makes it very difficult. So we're trying to provide that outlet here for everybody. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be a, a much bigger, more refined, polished setups. And we're, we're really looking forward to it. We've been putting a ton of time in the whole management team at BME 
has been just absolutely working their tails off all winter long, trying to get things refined and put in place. And um, so it's not coming down to last minute, like rule book changes, you know, that kind of a thing. We want to get that out there and address now and, and get everything streamlined. Yeah. So we're going to see. Guys, oh. oh, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no my question. Yeah. Go ahead. My question is going to be way better. Are we going to see Richie Rude race downhill? You know, I don't know. I have not <clears> seen <throat> that name. I have not seen that name. I saw his name on the uh, UCI list. I saw it come out on Pink Bike the other day. Mm. So he's going to be doing those, the, whatever the heck they call them, DHRs or DHXs. Uh, I can't keep up. That's <laughs> why we have Spencer on this podcast. But we got Snowbike <laughs> National Worlds are coming up, aren't they? Let's talk about that. Really? I, no, oh, I'm I had, sorry. Oh, what? What? No what? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Wait, is this like, you know, come on, Spencer, help me out here, man. You haven't heard? I don't know. This must have been pink bike clickbait. Who knows? It's an actual <laughs> UCI thing now. No, it's actual like UCI. They're, they're handing out a rainbow jersey for Snowbike World Championships. Wow. Like Snowbike, the one with like skis on the front and two skis on the back? I think it's I think just it's the fat studded ski. tires. Yeah. Oh, it's even fat it bike. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat <laughs> snow bike, whatever you want to call the thing. I don't know. I don't fat bike, Rob. A snow bike has skis on the bloody thing. Yeah, but thing. it's in the snow. And Nikolai goes and flips the them. Oh, oh fat bike. Oh, you Utah ass mother trucker. No, hey, fat bikes. Dude, I live in Colorado. It's out right bikes. now. <laughs> oh, dude. Ride your fat bike in it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, I, I didn't see that. But tangent. In UCI's defense, though, the USA Cycling back like probably eight years ago did a couple fat bike national championships, and that was like a full-on thing up in Spirit Mountain, I think, in Minnesota and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Give someone else an award, another excuse for someone to win something. It's going to be a cross-country race, basically. So, (laughs) Nino Scherter or Chris Blevins will probably take it and – We'll probably have this uh, podcast because we're all things mountain bike, right? <laughs> all things. That's what the intro all says. But all yeah, things. I, I was about to be like all silver lining and be like, oh, well, you know what? If they have like the fat bike, then it means more people riding bikes, more people putting money into the industry. It keeps us all guys in like in jobs, yep. you know? But yeah, you're right. It probably will be just like a cross country. So a new announcement, big mountain fat bike class is now oh, good question. a series. It's three rounds out of the six. Uh <laughs> In the winter, yeah. it's an off season. In the in the winter, yeah. We're, we're, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have to change our intro to this and say where the snow meets the mic. <laughs> <laughs> you really hate that intro, and I love that. Yeah, hey, we're changing it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, Spencer's gonna actually voice over the next one for us. Oh yeah, I got <clears throat> I got the voice for it. He's writing the script right now. That's the notepad. I love it. All right, Austin, uh, what are the questions you have for Rob? <laughs> I feel like our host hasn't even been saying much. I feel kind of I like feel he's like being every second, here. you know, James, he's just cracking another Budweiser over there. <laughs> I have no idea who still drinks that, but except for him keeping them in business. Um, Me and every 50 plus year old white male in texas yeah <laughs> in texas i Arkansas. don't know i was gonna say Colorado. Hey, actually the good like, news is i did cooler. hear that uh possibly not a dry area where we will be having nebo this oh, year so good, good question up there yeah i i've confirmed that yeah it's uh, yeah. state parks or i guess it's an arkansas wide thing they're not dry any longer but i guess the county is i don't know how that works it's good but... news right jamesy what about like do you have a uh, beer sponsor for it? I'm looking on the website right now. <laughs> right now. James, you, you have to bring your own. It's a bring your own beer. Yeah. Sorry, bud. 
Wait, I sorry, no, I, I like, I think I might have asked the question and then it skipped out on my end. Comcast, right. everybody, is no, the we, greatest. We heard it. Ever. We didn't want to answer it. That's yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Everybody just like paused. No, let's uh look. Uh, you added two different rounds, uh, two new locations this year. You know, Winrock and uh, Tamarack. Uh, Good pivot. Good pivot. <laughs> Great pivot. <laughs> I mean, shit. If if you do, if you do have a beer sponsor, do the media get first access? Pros after? How is the hierarchy in that? Media never gets alcohol at any. Oh come on! How are we supposed to do our? They're controlling the output. I can't. This is just come on now. James needs to function. I was about to say, have you ever seen me shoot sober? It doesn't happen. (laughs) I'm just there's. Oh, for all my clients out there, that's not true. Yeah. Nice, nice recovery. That that went well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this will be one, the one and only podcast James does. He's like, hey, I can't come to anymore. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, no. I'm um, I feel like hey, you so can I, kind of lay into that, James. You could be like, dude, my best work comes from a few buds. Let me tell you, I've got a couple stories. When, we, when we're not talking about the BME, I've got some pretty good stories on that kind of stuff. But anyway. That's a separate podcast. It's a separate one. But uh, yeah. So, so wait, yeah, we've got a couple about, new stops. Talk about Tamarack a little bit. Like I went up there with oh, you, yeah. and uh, personally, that place was pretty unreal. Well, it's just you can you can share about Tamarack, oh, man. Oh man, I, mean, I was so sold on that place <laughs> when we went there. It has got pretty dirt, excited. guys. It has dirt. Ugh. All right. I feel like when you go to most of these mountains that does not have much dirt, they're riding on like a little bit of rock most of the time. This place had dirt. Unreal trails. Brand new resort. I mean, you can really respect a place that has brand new refrigerator brand new sink brand new bed <laughs> brand new everything uh and you know jamesy the beer taps you just get a card and it just oh. swipes and it fills your oh mind. fuck those places okay so all right we're going up on a tangent we'll get back to it my thing about this is we i want the communication i want to like sit and talk with the bartender they're professionals they can pour the beer way better than i can and it, just to do that tap thing, and then people always say that you don't pay for the foam, but I fill up my glass at least half with the foam, and it's still a bloody $8 beer. So forget those places. Not a fan of them whatsoever. And the ones that are doing it in the, ho- in the uh, airports where you have to order everything on your phone, and then just some Randall just walk up, rock up with your Budweiser or whatever, and then you're like, oh, there's no communication. We need, we're humans. We need interaction with people. We need to keep people employed. Let's not just take everybody's job away. I have put a lot of young ladies through medical school by <laughs> going to the bar. Let me tell you. However, Karma. You're still expected to tip. You're probably still ex- expected to tip. Oh, I guarantee you're going to have that bloody iPad, don't they? They come out with it. Oh, oh, yeah. When I you give them the credit card. It, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, we'll skip on that. You know what? Actually, there's another place to get some beer there. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking resort, so I don't know what to actually expect because I swear Spencer Austin... wants to know about the writing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, the writing gross. was amazing at that place. Seriously. It's, like, well, this, so I don't know. I don't know, Rob. I think you guys have went to a few bike parks and I, I swear the first time that, that Austin went to Brian head, he called me with the same thing. He's like, dude, it's like Whistler. Maybe it wasn't no, <laughs> that was no, a different round. Not. I did dude, not, I not there. I was. I called you after uh, it was Durango that I was Durango, like, this place is like a little bit of a mini Whistler. It had it had like, dirt. Dude, you you 
you'd love it in every every yeah. place. So I, All right, I well, Tam- Tamarack, I'm sold on. I'm, you know, the the lake is right there. Uh, they have beach sand. They had their own jet skis. They had the 18 hole golf course, which I don't play golf, but I also drink beer, so those two go together. Um, yeah, wow. I mean that place was pretty rad. It was a brand new resort. Like the fact that you had a brand new room, I felt like these sheets were never slept in before until <laughs> yeah, I we there. come back to that <clears throat> it is great it's all my by Grayson's about <laughs> yeah seriously that's where i was like all right I'm, I'm in for this like i can do this it's all brand new looking the course was i mean at least the stuff that uh the buddy took us down that was yeah, the stuff was we got to see stuff. was cool there there's some really cool possibilities trail wise out there and um man they're <laughs> we're starting from the very tippy top of the mountain below above where all the chairlifts get to so yeah, there's some really cool possibilities. They showed us some of the raw cuts that they put in for us, and then uh, some supercross track that was actually really cool for bikes. Um, yeah, it was. It's going to be some amazing racing. It's it's a proper final round for the DHN Enduro Series. And it's Idaho. I, I've heard the name. <laughs> yeah, like it's up I, north I, of I know, Boise. Oh, yeah. I'm English. I don't know geography, but okay. I swear I've heard the name, but is it a new? It's a new location. A new. I know it's a new stop for the BME, but is it a new race area? I think no. They've had racing there for a while. Okay, Um, yeah. But it's definitely it's it's a big proper mountain. It's 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 worthy of of BME coming there. I mean, we we look for pretty big stuff to get get into a place. But yeah, they have uh, one stage. I think he was talking about if we ran it from the very top to the very bottom, it'd be about five miles long, Um, like one single stage with a bunch of rockets in there. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's, they've got a lot, they've been putting a ton of time, energy, effort into new trails there. And that's when they reached out to us. Uh, I think it was probably midsummer last year and said, they'd like to have a conversation and see what it is we require in order to, to get us up there. But yeah, they've been putting in a ton of work and the, their trail network has come a long ways in the last probably five years. So it sounds like a, a beautiful partnership for both sides of it, right? Yeah, it's it's what we're really looking towards in the future is long-term uh, partnerships with both the resorts and, and the brand sponsors and stuff like that. A little bit more consistency across the board and a place that we can grow with. And they have the infrastructure exactly like what Austin's talking about. They have brand new condos, brand new hotel, tons of camping. There's camping right on the lake. There's camping that they'll have in their parking lots, um, wake boats pontoon boats jet skis that they own on the lake and it's a 30 mile long lake i forget the name of the lake but um yeah 18 hole championship golf course like they've just got something for everybody and um i think a lot of people on our team are going to plan to stay a couple extra days on either side of the trip just to just to relax and kick back up there and enjoy their amenities you may have already said this but is it lift lift access yes oh yeah yeah yep Oh yeah, you did because you said, yeah, it takes you all the way. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So they have, they have one lift takes you to the top that they normally run. And there's actually another lift that goes above that. Um, and where the proposed start line is for the backcountry day is actually well above that. So it'll be a, a healthy pedal to get there, but, uh, it's, it's really cool trail. It's going to be very rewarding for people. Yeah. My e-bike will uh, really make it hard for me to get to that top part. Jesus. And then the other one being Angel Fire, which doesn't allow e-bikes, Austin. Um, I, I actually don't my, know if that's my, true think, or not. I think my I'm dirt bike will be able to go there. I'm sure we'll figure out why. <laughs> but yeah, Angel then, Fire, that, Angel. that's going to be cool. It's they. I mean, how can you not go to Angel Fire? That place has so much history and, and been a part of 
national level mountain bike racing for so long. I mean, the kind of with COVID stuff, we know how that treated the whole ski industry, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's cool. They actually put in two new trails for us uh, before the snow flew this year. Uh, I was on the phone with them just last week and they're super excited to, to get us out there and unveil the stuff to us. So true to BME fashion, we're, we're going to have new trails at every venue we go to this year, something new, even at Arizona, they put in two new rock cuts at Arizona on top of the other two new rock cuts. So, um, it's going to be really cool that we're going to have all this new that's happening for the races that, uh, you can't see otherwise. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. I'm pretty sure me and Jamesy did the most laps on the rock cuts and, uh, and sunrise i believe right <clears throat> oh yeah i uh, was it yeah sunrise was that was another yeah, like that was a laps. sleeper we put some laps i know i wouldn't go that far but yeah no we definitely uh but that was a that was definitely a place where we were kind of like uh where's this like we didn't didn't know about the result and then when we showed up you know like the the people there again like i think that that's the something that i really love about these races is the the locals that come out and they're just so bloody stoked and everybody just so welcoming stuff and everybody uh in arizona was and now i'm blanking on the bloody name of it but sunrise that uh yeah sunrise everybody was amazing but then the trails they were they were no bloody joke that was a really fun that was a sleeper i did not expect for sure those were world-class trails that brian and his crew put in down there um and like I said, Brian, Brian's got a couple more in already and he keeps texting me and goes, dang it. Is it summer yet? I want to get out there and go ride. And, um, yeah, it's cool. And then news to sunrise this year, the hotel has actually got, I think, uh, over half the hotel rooms opened right now, but they'll all be open a hundred hotel rooms right there at sunrise will be open this year. So it's cool. We'll have more and, camping available, more rooms available, all that fun stuff. And they do serve twisted tea there. So we're good. They sure do. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think that, but something about that Arizona one too was just the camaraderie in the pits. Like there was a lot more people camping and like living out the vans and their buses and everything in the pit. Mm -hmm. And that was like reminiscent of like many moons ago when I was ra when racing your, bikes your or whatever. Van wasn't when stolen when my van wasn't off. stolen by a crackhead <laughs> yeah, and wrapped you around van. a pole. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Well, Can and you that's, put up a that's picture, what mountain please? biking is. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we have one somewhere. But that's oh, what mountain biking is, is, is the pit camaraderie, right? And um, we drove through there a couple different nights, and it was just so exciting to see the bonfires and kids on their bikes running. And Because that we had was a doubleheader for us. We had the youth enduro there last year. So it's going to be a triple header for us this year. Um, but that's the whole idea, and that's a lot of these partnerships that we've created with the new venues this year. Unfortunately, at Big Sky and Man, did we take some heat on that one. Um the week of, they told us we can't have camping up there, although I'd been asking them for four or five months leading up to it. So it's it's cool that we're going to be able to have that. And there's a big emphasis on that going forward is, I mean, that's literally part of my initial talks. What's your chairlift capacity and what's the lodging and, and camping situation like? Because um, if it if it doesn't work, we can't go. I mean, it's 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 breeding what we want at, at mountain biking and BME. And that's what back to the Norbas were in the day. I mean, it was a traveling circus of a whole bunch of mountain bikers going racing cool places. So we're trying. It seems like uh, last year was just what you had to do to get through it. Right. And then this year seems to be just like, let's let's make what everything makes mountain bike racing great. Yes. We want to have that those locations, those, you know, facilities, those uh, those rules, whatever it is, let's uh, maybe we make a sticker uh, make mountain bike great again <laughs> mountain bike racing great again <clears throat> jesus 
<laughs> I wanted James's response on that. Yeah, one. that's James. He's the one who's always harping. Let's go. Let's do this shit. Oh, I love it. No, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to hopefully be around some of the racing this year. And I mean, the BME, like I, that's where I cut my teeth, like for sure. When Eddie Clark was still shooting for the BME, he took me into his wing, like shit, 2017, maybe something like that. And Dude, just to watch it go and then watch what you've been doing with it, Rob, and the team that you've brought on. Because we've got to give a big shout out to all the team that you have because they're an incredible yes. group of people. They're super fun people to be around, but they're also some hardworking sons of guns, you know? So yep. we definitely we have, got to give those guys a lot of props. And I say that all the time. Like, I've got the best team in the business. Um, it, it, not not from the amount of work they put in, but from the passion that they they bring to the table on this kind of stuff. And we're tremendously blessed and there is no way this could happen without everybody putting forward their best foot. And that's what it comes down to at BME. Um, you know, okay. So, so I own it, but that there's no way you could tackle a giant like this. I mean, it is literally a 12 month a year process for us getting through it. And, um, just a week or two ago, I was already getting the awards ordered. We were getting the shirts ordered. We're getting all of that. And it's, it is literally a full-time job. And our crew is, they just, pour everything they have into it on top of their other jobs and their day-to-day -day life. So, I mean, yeah, huge hats off to our team. We, we can't do it without them. So we appreciate them to no end. Sick. All right. Yeah. Nice. Austin, this is where you don't let that long of a silence go. And you're just well, I'm waiting for you just to swipe right on in. Like you've been, Dude, I, I know I talk time. a lot, but I just keep it going. I keep it fun. I keep it lively. <laughs> And then That's you lag out on here. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I know. We need to get this guy some proper internet over there. Uh, Comcast Col is killing it. Colorado have internet or what do you? <laughs> yeah. Just dial up. It is. It's, it's a lot of ting, ting, ting. <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, any other good questions? I don't know. I feel like we've kind of hit every little basis from, you know, youth enduro to downhill series and just now the new rule book and uh possibly some and the new prize location. money too that was yeah for mount nebo especially that's that's fucking yeah that's james is coming out of retirement right there do you have a class he can sign up Dude. for in that or as long like as a it's side? a yeah run you down the hill next climb. to my bike <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he's really good <laughs> i have a video of him on stage eight directing traffic on how to ride the section i didn't see him ride the section but he told every single athlete that went through there how to ride it well, it was um, telling know, it people was... how to ride it is the same as riding it. Clearly, I mean, exactly. Obviously, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sit around, tell people how good I am at my job. I... It's almost like I'm in marketing. But um, <laughs> anywho, yeah, Rob, what a, is there anything else that you kind of want to throw out there to everybody? Man, no, it's it's cool. It in this year, uh, especially in like a rough sponsorship year, we've all seen what's going on, and and depending on what format you're on, even just Instagram, like it's it's been tough. But we sincerely appreciate the sponsors that are sticking by us and those new ones that have come on board. I mean, to get a brand like TRP to be our new TRP. title sponsor. Yeah. Let's talk about like, that for a second. That's dude, dope to see these guys. It is going to be so much fun. And it's the same thing I've been saying to them. I've been saying to relate to uh, resorts and those kind of partnerships, but I want brands that we can go long-term with. I want brands that we can really build the camaraderie in the pits. And I'm like, I don't care if it's handing out beer koozies or foam fingers or what it is, but like, let's find some cool activities going on. It, nothing's worse than like the racing's done and you look out in the pits and nobody's around, you know I mean? Let's, let's get some fun activities. So TRP is going to be a great brand there. 
Lance and Jerry, and it, it's going to be a cool setup for sure. So we we can't wait to to get that one going. There we go. Nice. Uh, anything else you can share with us for any of the other series mm. we don't know about yet? <clears throat> there, there's or stuff coming. in the works, but but uh, yeah, they may even be out hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, but not quite at this moment. But yeah, we have right. some we have some big workings happening and. Um, it's cool to see the industry getting behind it and and truly supporting it and sending their athletes to it. Um, that's the biggest thing. We have new teams that are coming out that haven't fielded enduro teams before or DH teams. Um, there's three that I can think of off the top of my head, teams that are growing significantly. Uh, so there's there's a lot of truly positive momentum coming out of North American mountain biking. And I think that just needs to be shared more than anything. I think there's been so much of a downer about so so many posts that are going out. I think we shared something on social. Um, I think it was the DH series and I couldn't believe the positive press that came out of that from writers, you know, that were like, thank goodness, there's something good coming out of the media about mountain biking right now. So, um, we're glad to be leading that charge and pushing forward and can't wait to get on the road, honestly. So what April 6th weekend is the first one for youth, uh, May was the first one for, Big Mountain Enduro, and then May fourth uh, and fifth, and then the weekend after that, first one for the downhill series, correct? Ooh, we're going to the Wind Rock, man. That place is going to be cool. Heck yeah, Gwen, everything seems pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of cool things. We're going to be uh, chatting with him. I'm flying out there this week on Thursday, something like that, after my trips, and um, hang out with him, check the place out. And then, uh, we'll be getting a lot of cool media and, and there's a lot of cool press release. that's going to come out about that as well too. So yeah, a lot of exciting stuff coming out of the, the works and, um, a lot of cool places we're going this year. So it's going to be a wild year. Cool. I think I, uh, speak for everyone on this. Thanks for your time, Rob. Uh, anyone else got anything else? We're good. Yeah. No, I just want to, I, I just yeah. want to hear last, last thing, just what gets you, the most fired up about this year and everything you got going on. I mean, I think to, to your point, you heard a lot of, a lot of like good media come out about the, about the DH series. I'm sure that feels good. And I, I think I speak for all of mountain biking, especially in, in the United States, but like mountain biking's from here and there's yeah. a lot that it, I feel like it's gone away from the U S quite a bit. There's a ton of brands, everything. I mean, most of it is here and the passion hasn't necessarily stopped but we just haven't seen that much traction in, in the U S. So first off, thank you for, for bringing back some of this stuff, but also like, I just, yeah, just curious what gets you the most fired up to do what you're doing. And, and this, this new year, 2024, where the bike industry might be all outdoor industries are kind of in this weird limbo, but uh, you got some exciting things coming. Yeah, I think it's just that. And and growing up racing the Norbas and, and hats off to Tom and Frosty and those guys for pulling off such a cool series. Um, obviously dating myself a little bit there, but like, you know, doing all that stuff was just so much fun. It was such a traveling circus and it was so enjoyable. This is back before we all had our cell phones and text messages and stuff like that. But it was so cool to just all arrive at whatever location and catch up as if no time had ever passed. And that's exactly what it is for us at BME. So the, the more that we can create that and bring it back to the U S and honestly showcase our riders, whatever class they're in. Um, it's kind of silly that any sort of big format racing was all overseas and, and it's just kind of struck a chord with us that it's really something that we want to do here and bring it back here. And it's just 
amazing. Like I said, the sponsors and the brands that we've aligned with that are so excited about bringing it back to the U.S. because this is where mountain biking was founded. I mean, look at all the big names that came out of mountain biking um, from the U.S. And it's, I think, our time to put us back on the map and really push forward with it. And, it, you know, it's a big nod to to those who laid the foundation for big mountain enduro in the past. And we're just trying to take it even another step further and continually push it. I think going to a true national series was a big deal. I mean, that was, I, I kept saying it all year long. I, I want one in every time zone and, and we checked that box this year. And then to add the DH and stuff to it, uh, it's, it's just providing a really cool format. I, I hope that everybody's responding to registration is through the roof right now. I'm elated with how it's, that's going. Um, so it's cool. It, it seems like everybody wants to do it and people are going to travel and bring their RV and bring the whole families, which is what makes it fun. So we're excited. Sick. Yeah. Sick. That's I think, sick. I think we are too. Yeah. Awesome. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Seriously. <coughs> As I just cough off screen. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Professional. Ruin that whole outro, right? Professional. Thanks James. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Just cut me at the knees right now. There's, there's a um, mute button on the top of the mic. <laughs> I know that's a really annoying. I wasn't expecting that moment to happen right then. Yeah. You could have talked a little bit longer. Uh, My bad. Yeah, seriously. All right, cool. Uh, thanks, you guys. Jamesy, Spencer, Rob, appreciate your guys' time. Uh, this is, we'll knock this one out as the first podcast where we had no idea what we're doing. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Make sure you find us on uh, YouTube, Insider Mountain Bike. Uh, and then same on Instagram, Insider MTB. So, uh, so we got. Hopefully we didn't bore you too long with this stuff and uh, hopefully watch us again. Thank you so much. Later. Thanks all. All right, everybody stay on. Nobody click off.